to Blast from the Arsenal. Hello Gooners, tuning in from all around the world. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. I'm Angelo, your host, and joining me today is my ever-present co-host, it's Diddley. How are you, Diddley? I'm very good, Angelo. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm uh, excellent. I'm uh, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. We're we're on a a nice little roll at the moment, aren't we? Football-wise, which we'll obviously come on to in a second. But uh, it's it's nice to be in a good place again, results-wise. Anyway, Uh, everything good in your life at the moment? Yeah, all good. Uh, Got a bit of time to myself this evening, Uh, so I've got myself a pizza and a beer. Voila. And I'm podcasting with you. What what could what more could I want? What more could you want? Exactly. Uh, I tell you what I wouldn't mind actually. A little bit of sun. A little bit of sun in my life. I don't know about you, but it's it feels like it's rained non-stop for three weeks. Yeah, it's looking a bit ropey out there tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, you sort of think we're getting towards June, end of football season. I always think last game of the football season, you see it on like match of the day or if you're watching it live, the weather is always really good, isn't it? Uh and so the fact that it looks like you know, end of January outside is a bit um, bit disheartening, but there you go. That's, uh, that's neither here or there. Nothing we can control. Um, so, Celevi, as they say. Um, listeners, please subscribe to our podcast on your favourite podcasting app so that you're notified of when a new episode is available. And, of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly, what is that social media handle that they need to look out for? It is at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is indeed. Uh, it's been a strange week, isn't it? A uh, strange week or so, because we've had back-to-back midweek games, first against Chelsea and then against um, Crystal Palace last night. Two games, obviously, we'll discuss in a moment. But um, we've only got the one league game left to play, which is Brighton at the weekend. Um, and I just, you know, I stopped and thought earlier, Diddley, how are you feeling about the fact we've got one league game left? Are you happy because this has sort of been a really weird and wonderful season that... It's going to be over with. Oh, are you kind of sad because we're on a bit of a, a run? Is it four games on a trot with one now in the Premier League, I think? Um, I'm relieved and happy. And uh, also, yeah, look, it's a good good run that we're on, but it's always better to end on a high. So maybe we can take some of that into, into next season. Some players will have a break and come back refreshed and, you know, we'll get some new ones in and improve and we'll see. But yeah, yeah I am happy. Yeah. Cause it's been a tough old season. It has It's been one of those seasons where first half of the season was appalling. Second half of the season, we've been playing catch up and it's kind of felt like even when we've been able to gain some momentum and win some games, we're still chasing a pack that were doing much the same. So, you know, I kind of felt like we were running fast and not really getting anywhere very quickly. So, like you said, it'd be nice to just pull the plug on this season when it's finally over with and uh, start afresh with everything to play for again next season. Um, yeah, I think uh, four games ago, we were 10th. We won four in a row and we're ninth. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> yeah, it's that sort yeah. of... That sort of season, I guess, isn't it? Um, but look, we're, we're going to we've got next next week's going to be uh, a review of uh, the Brighton game, of course, and then the week after that, I think we're going to do sort of a end of season review 
and maybe a, a blast from the Arsenal awards ceremony. Um, you know, handing out some handing out some virtual awards to uh, friends and foes within the Arsenal team. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. a foe. They're all part. They're all part of the Arsenal family. But you know, some of them haven't really played that well this season, have they? Let's be honest. So yeah, listeners, look out for our votes uh, on Twitter. Uh, you'll be able to cast yours for these awards. Indeed, thank you very much, Diddley. Right, we have to start where we've uh, where we started all season. Let's be honest, um, which is tweet of the week. So go for it, Diddley. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. So consistent, unlike our club. <laughs> Right, we've got, again, a couple of uh, good Tweet of the Weeks this week. Um, so I've got two here I'm going to start with. Uh, the first one is from Jimmy R, who's at DCU underscore Guna. And he's responded to uh, another Arsenal account that I won't name because it's a bit of a name of shame. Uh, but the, the other account has put uh, Fafana to Arsenal. Who says no? Question mark. Obviously, this is Fafana at, uh, at Leicester. Uh, and Jimmy's responded with, well, Leicester, I would think. <laughs> I love the sarcasm there. Love the sarcasm. Uh, that's a good point. We should say newly appointed FA Cup champions, Leicester. So, um, yeah, did you watch that game? Uh, I watched bits of it. I watched bits of it. Yeah, I was kind of busy in the garden, so I was kind of popping my head in and out. Um, I'm so pleased that that Leicester won. One, because they're a team that I think the whole Premier League is envious of um, yeah. in the respect of they have, a, you know, they had a chairman that was obviously really supportive of the club, um, took them to the, 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 you know, the Premier League glory, which was an amazing fairy tale story. Um, really sad what happened to him, but, the, you know, his son who's come in has embraced it in the same way. And they've just got a fantastic leadership from top to bottom you know amazing um sort of job done by brendan rogers by the players and they, they feel like a real community club so i think everyone's looking at them going oh, wish we had a, a club that was run that way you know you yeah i couldn't agree more um apart i wasn't you know bothered either way really it's uh always nice to see chelsea lose a cup final though yeah, well, that's kind of more why I wanted Leicester to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, seeing their chairman embracing the players on the pitch and celebrating with them, you can't see Stan doing that. I was just because they're reminiscent of Stan Kroenke. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But we're not the only ones. There are plenty of other clubs that don't act that way. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely right. So there's the first tweet of the week. Second contender for tweet of the week is uh, Arsenal. The Arsenal account tweeted on this day in 2014. Dot dot dot. Uh, and it was an emotional roller coaster at Wembley, of course, citing the 3-2 comeback win against Hull City. Uh, at Guna Glen responded with, "I broke my big toe celebrating Ramsey's winner, but it was worth it." <laughs> Do you remember that game? Any, any particular strong memories of where you were or what you were doing? I do. I was at the Emirates that day. Um, oh, you're watching it on a big screen? Watching it on a big screen, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, it, it was pretty glum. But, um, yeah, when the, 
Santi stepped up. Things started to change and it was a good day out. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Celebrating on the pitch with, with all the other guys, all the fans and stuff. So, yeah, good day. Yeah, very topsy-turvy. Um, have you got any others there, Diddley, or do you want me to run through them? I've got them here. It's entirely up to you. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, one is a fantastic stat by an account we, we really, really like, which is at Albino. Um uh, because it was FA Cup final weekend, he threw up some uh, FA Cup final stats, which was Arsenal have won the FA Cup nine times since Spurs last made a final. That's more times than Spurs have won it in total. Wow. He's won it nine times since they last made a final. I mean, geez, what a stat. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Not it's not we- unbelievable. I know, but it, it's we've won it. Not we've we've yeah, yeah, yeah. final. We've won it nine times since they last made a final. Jesus. Good start. Good start. Uh and the last one is at AFC underscore ads. Uh, and he says, I turned on the FA Cup final and Arsenal were not on. What is this shit? <laughs> yeah. Which is uh which is another good tweet. So um I'm gonna throw in a stat from at Blast Arsenal Pod as a tweet of the week contender. Right. Go for it. Which is, uh, in fairness, you know, we just retweeted something that sport Bible put out there. I don't know if you saw it, uh, which is Jermaine Defoe today became the 87th player to have gone on to win a trophy after leaving Tottenham in the time since Tottenham last won a trophy. I remember when they were throwing out stats about Arsenal, uh, when we were going through our mini drought before, obviously the, uh, the whole city FA Cup final win. Um, but we never got to 87, I don't think. So that is some stat. That is some stat. That is some stat. I'd like to see the list. Yeah. Yeah, so would I. Um, so who's your tweet of the week, Diddley? We've got um, Leicester. So for Fana to Arsenal, who says no? Leicester, I would think. We've got uh, Ramsey's winner causing a broken big toe. Orbino with an FA Cup final stat and uh, AFC ads with uh, turned on the FA Cup final. Arsenal not on. What the hell? Who's your winner? Oh, they're all good again. Um, I'm going to go for the big toe breakage because I think we've all been uh, We've all gone through some pain and sometimes it, it is worth it. Yes. I remember once... I put my foot through a wall. I don't, I've probably told this story. No, I don't think so. Yeah, when Eunice Kabul scored the last-minute winner for oh, Spurs, yeah. put my foot straight through the wall because I was so angry. But it wasn't worth it that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, Eunice Kabul as well. Jeez. Uh, all right, well, well done. Uh, AC Guna Glenn. Now, I've got that wrong because I've lost where your tweet's gone, but uh, his name's Glenn. Oh, here we go. Where is it? Yeah, at Guna Glenn. Well done. You're this week's Tweet of the Week. We'll give you a shout out on Twitter. Good work. All right. Big it. news this week. Obviously, we're going to be going into transfer city season soon, but uh, the club have made a move or come to an agreement, probably should say, uh, with David Louise, who will not be uh, signing a new contract. When when these things sort of come to light, it's often a, well, I wasn't offered a contract or you were offered a contract, but you didn't want to sign it. But I think this is kind of a, a bit of a mutual agreement. I think Arsenal did offer a contract, 
and he chose not to accept it. Um, and mutually they decided, yeah, okay, fair enough. If you don't want to, that's fine. Um, undoubtedly going to be a, a huge loss to the dressing room because whatever you think of him, all the youngsters speak really highly of him. He's got that positive, infectious kind of um, vibe about him. You know, I can imagine the dressing room is a better place with him. He is a leader. And I think maybe on the pitch as well, we notice when he's not playing because his distribution from the back with long passing is unrivaled from our centre-backs, I think. He is by far the best passer of the ball. Yeah. Um, but I can't help but feel like I'm not that sad that he's also leaving as well. What's your What's your feeling? Yeah, spot on. I think um, when he came in, it was a bit laughable, wasn't it? I think no Underwhelming. one really excited about it. Um he, he comes with a reputation of being a bit of a clown, a bit of calamitous, making mistakes. I, I think it's highlighted more, to be honest, the way he looks. He's got that big hair. He, he sticks out like a sore thumb. But what I, what I have, I have grown to like him, and I, I think he's put in some really good performances for us. I think he, like you say, he's been a leader. He's been a, a role model for the younger players, and. Um, yeah, I think it's the right time. It's time for him to go. He's at that age now where he's offering less and less. We do miss him when he's not playing at the moment because of that passing range. But, yeah. And he's going to be on big money, isn't he? Um, uh, was it reported he was on 90, 100, 100? Yeah. Something like that, grand a week. Um, you know, when a club are not going to be in, in Europe... If you can make a saving like that, I mean, the reason that he didn't sign may well have been highly reduced terms, or it could have been, you know, his role within the the team. He wasn't going to be a first team starter, and maybe he felt like he had at least another year in him. So I don't know about you, but I fully expect him to go to somewhere like the MLS or even Qatar. I could see him doing either of those. Um, I, I couldn't imagine him going to like a Crystal Palace or a Fulham, well, Fulham have been relegated, but, you, you know, another London club. I don't know if it's too low profile for him. Um, but I'll say this. In this day and age of crazy transfer fees, £8 million, actually, I think we've probably got some decent value there, um, you know, in terms of what he brought off the pitch as well as on the pitch, because I'm not sure you can buy an awful lot for £8 million in this day and age, can you? Mm, no no you're right um, so look there you go David Ruiz is leaving and we wish him all the best and thank him for um, you know his contribution to the club um, other expected uh, departures been confirmed this week by um, highly rated journalist uh, Fabrizio Romano that um Hector Bellerin might be leaving in the summer. I think he's kind of decided he wants to leave, ready for a new journey after seven years in the first team at Arsenal. I know you're a big Bellerin fan. Mm. I I absolutely am for what he, I guess what he does for the club off the field. Um, you know, he, he um, he's got so much love for the club, hasn't he? There's no denying that. But I do think his performances have 
have dwindled. They're not to the level of um, a right back that's going to get you sort of, you know, higher up the league or pushing for titles. So it's probably, you know, the right time for him to leave uh, and for us to be able to cash in at a decent a decent uh, transfer fee. Again, thoughts on that one? I am a fan. I've not hid away from that. Um, but yeah, I do agree that this season he's, his form's dipped considerably. He's certainly lost a couple of yards now of, of that pace that he used to have. He, he was blistering before. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, injuries, I think, taking their toll. And like you, you know, I love who he is as a man and what he does, what he represents and, and how he carries himself and his love for the club. Is, uh, it, it's something that, that you do want in your players. You, you want them to to be passionate about who, they, who they're playing for and the badge and, and stuff. He'll be missed, I think, for those reasons. But I, I understand that you know he's not he's not got a lot of a lot. He's got a lot of haters, I think, yeah. hasn't he? Um, yeah. And I do get it. And um, but yeah, again, it's it's another one of those where I think it is the right time to to move on. Yeah, to cash I in, and you have to cash in on on players at some point. Um, but yeah, he's cost. Absolutely nothing, really, has he? When you think about it. Oh yeah, um, we nicked him. Fifteen years old from Barca. Yeah, yeah, and he's been a first team regular for for quite a long time now. So, what do you think we can command in terms of a transfer fee? Realistically, because the rumor is PSG is the destination. I think twenty. Do you? Yeah, I think so we could probably push twenty-five. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I think any more than that, we're, we're getting lucky. Any less than that, we're being, you know, swindled, really. Um, so we'll, we'll wait for that to become official, but that's looking uh, likely too. And just to quote Fabrizio on some uh, other departures, um, Willian. So I'm going to I'm going to read word for word what what he says. Willian is going to leave Arsenal. He wants to leave. Arsenal are open to sell him. They wait. Uh, sorry, they need to wait for some proposals, but the feeling around Willian is he's leaving this season. He has a lot of opportunities to leave. Uh, I think the rumour is that he's linked with um, other European clubs and also MLS, I think Inter Miami, which obviously David Beckham owns, um, relatively new franchise. They wanted him last summer, but Arsenal are waiting to hear back from them if they're interested. I kind of, in, in some respects, I feel sorry for Willian. Uh, he was never going to, well, he was never going to get off to a good start of Arsenal fans being ex Chelsea, 32, on a lot of money, on a, you know, three year contract. That's he, but that's before he's even kicked the ball. He's up against it. His performances certainly have not helped. Um, he, he hasn't been good enough. He has limited, you could argue, the first team opportunities of maybe even Reese Nelson, who hasn't really had a, a look in this season. Um, so I wouldn't be sad to see him leave. I wouldn't be sad if we let him go on a free, to be honest. But if we can get a little bit of money out of him, then I guess that's not not all bad news, is it? You, where do yeah. you stand? I mean, he's, he's, he's quite marmite, but I'm not not very marmite, shall we say? Uh, where does he want dropping off? 
Yeah. <laughs> Heathrow, I think. That's the international yeah. uh, longest. I mean, it's a, bit out, it's a bit out of my way, but I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Well, you've only done a couple of hours driving today already, but this would be worth it. Yeah. This would be worth it. Well, uh, it's not worked out. Sometimes it just, like, it doesn't with a, it's, we don't know what it's really down to. Is it the tactics, what he's been asked to do on the pitch? Is it um, just a lack of desire from himself? Is it, does he think he's on holiday joining mm. Arsenal like some players do? Is it the tactics? Um, I wonder whether it's Arteta's been so disciplined with tactics that the attacking players look like they've not been able to express themselves with as much freedom as maybe they would under a Wenger. And so maybe it's, he's almost not been given that, I don't want to be given the opportunity, but he's almost scared to just go against Arteta's will and do what he thinks right in that, in that moment in time. I, I Yeah. I just think, I think he's uh, performances of, you know, he's, he's just dropped. His, his levels have dropped considerably. Mm. Yeah. Well, one that we won't be sad to see go. Uh, and I'm sure 99% of the fan base will be feeling yeah. the same way. Uh, and the other one that I'm just quickly going to touch on, Lucas Torreira, no great surprise there. Um, he can leave, apparently. Boca Juniors are supposedly interested, but Arsenal haven't received a, uh, a bid just yet. Uh, but I think the club are expecting something, certainly from within Europe, either Spain, where he's about to win the league, funnily enough, with Atletico Madrid, or, uh, or even in Italy, where he was before. So, um, again, another one that I thought... I actually really liked him when he, he first joined the club. I thought he had a really good start to that season under Emery, but he, you know, he did fade away and his, his performances weren't good enough. Hence him having to leave the club, I guess, on loan. Um, so there we go. That's where we're up to with players that are leaving. Uh, the other one that we may as well throw in there whilst we're, we're at it is Joe Willock. Um, he's on fire. Six and six for Newcastle. He's only been there since January. The fans that were able to go back to St. James's yesterday were singing his name. Uh, we want you to stay. We want you to stay. Um, and did I see he set a record yesterday? Six and six, the youngest player ever to do it, I think I read. Yeah, he, he equaled, I think it was Jose Reyes's record. Oh, wow. Last week, and it, I think he's just beaten it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's your view on Joe Willock? Are you of the opinion that maybe he's been able to get enough runner games to uh, show what he can do? Or do you think he's kind of a big fish in a small pond in that Newcastle team? I think he's proven that he could be very effective in certain areas of the pitch, getting goals, I mean, it's certainly something we've struggled to do. Um, whether he fits within the system, sometimes uh, maybe not. But I do think he could have a place in the squad next season. If we're going to lose a lot of midfielders, we'll be down to the bare bones. He could see a lot more minutes. And I think he's, a, he's an effective weapon to have especially bringing off the bench games where we do need a goal mm. that I think might be the key though 
if Steve Bruce says to him, come to Newcastle and I'll play you every single game, you'll be a starter. Go to Arsenal, you're going to be coming on 70th minute uh, and you might get to play the odd FA Cup game or something. You know, I guess you get to an age where it's like, I just want to bloody play football. I don't want to be, sure, you know, a super sub. And so, again, we've got that situation where we can probably command a decent fee for him. You know, six and six, that that sort of thing is the sort of thing that I guess agents um, or, or selling clubs throw into the conversation. He's English. So he's a homegrown quota player. Not just goals either. They're, they're match-winning goals. They're equalisers late on. They're crucial goals. They're mm. not just here and there. And goals is one thing. Actually, his performances have been good, haven't they? He's been creating. He's been effective. So I think he'll leave, if I'm honest. But I think... Uh, I I'm, think I'm not sure it'll be for there, though. I, I don't know if... They they would stump up twenty twenty five million. Yeah, yeah. It all depends on who they get out the door, probably before they can spend any money. Um, but yeah, and you've answered my question really. I was going to say how much do you think we'd get for him, and I, I think you're right. Twenty twenty five million, thirty at a push, just because he's English. Um. So yeah, we'll see. Maybe he ends up staying, but my gut feeling is he'll probably leave. So, right, we've got some games to get into, haven't we? Um, but before we do, there's a few more bits that we just want to quickly run through. Uh, this week, the launch of the new Away kit, uh, which obviously are nods to the 1971 double winning kit, uh, a lighter yellow than maybe we've seen in previous seasons, the return of the, the Canon badge uh, as the crest. Uh, do you like it? Well, I did say the other week that, Stop putting money in uh, Cronky's pocket. Don't go out and buy the new kit. That's a nice kit, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And funny enough, I've seen a lot of people saying the same thing. I ain't yeah. spending any fucking money. Oh, dude, actually, do you know what? I might get that one. But yeah, it is a really nice kit. It is. I mean, Adidas that, have done well so far, I think. They have. That Cannon Crest's just the thing of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure about the all-yellow. Sure. I I wonder if that was just not was it all yellow yesterday? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was going to say they wore it for the first time against Crystal Palace. Um. Yeah. Oh God. So it was all yellow. I wondered whether there was going to be blue shorts, like navy blue shorts. Yeah. Maybe they're still being made and they haven't arrived yet. Brexit. <laughs> um. So yeah, look, that that's good. There, there's been a few Premier League kits that have been released recently for next season. Chelsea's home kit has just been released absolutely diabolical. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. I've seen Spurs kit. Yes. Is that a concept kit or a real kit? Well, it's doing the rounds online. Yeah. Um, Google it, people, if you've not seen it. It's no wonder Harry Kane wants to leave, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be seen dead in that. Especially in, you know, Europa League, if you're lucky. Um, The Chelsea kit's horrible. And the other one I saw today was the Liverpool home kit. Now, Liverpool always have red home kit, white collar and cuffs. Well, the new the new kit they've got is a red home kit with an orange collar and cuffs. Really weird. I mean, I don't, whether that's a throwback, I don't know. But um, I've never seen them wear anything like that. But it just doesn't go. It looks awful. So I feel lucky that, you know, we might not be playing great football, but at least we look good when we're doing it. Um <laughs> 
So there you go. So that's that's happened this week. Other big news, Dennis Bergkamp, the latest Arsenal player uh, after Jerry Henry to be inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Uh, it was only a matter of time, let's be honest. Um, but, you know, a hall, a hall of Fame without Bergkamp, close it down now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I think we're just waiting for Emmanuel Abue and that should be us sorted. Um, jokes, jokes. Um, so, yeah, that, that's good news. And, you know, it's nice when Arsenal players get recognised in that way. I believe, I did see something today. Somebody tweeted, uh, Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool all have, uh, you know, Hall of Fame um, players yeah. in there. But one so-called big six club hasn't. What does that tell you? <laughs> of course, Spurs that they're referring to. I don't think they will for a while either. Yeah, it'll be a token gesture, won't it? It'll be someone like Klinsman or um, uh, Ledley King. Yeah, although you tend to associate him more with Newcastle than Spurs. Um, so, look, not our problem, but uh, it's a valid point nonetheless. Um, which other Arsenal players do you think realistically have a chance of getting in there? Because I've got two or three. Have you? Uh, Patrick Vieira? Yeah. The, probably the top one that's not in at the moment. Tony Adams, is he? He's not in yet, I don't believe, but yeah. he's got he's to be. Another one. Um, then, you know, one, one other that I'm thinking of. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, he's okay. got to go in there. Possibly Robert Perez as well. Maybe. I was thinking Dave Seaman, actually. Uh, uh, the list is potentially quite Endless, long. isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, look, we'll wait and see what happens with that. But congratulations to Burkham. I mean, I'm sure we'll hear ah, congratulations listening to this podcast. But if he doesn't, someone let him know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last bit of news, uh, Gabriel and Martinelli have both made it into the Olympic Brazilian squad. Um, when is the, when is the Olympics? Well, it's this summer. Is it right? Okay, so they're not going to get a rest, which is brilliant. You've uh, got the Euros going on as well, so yeah, it's it's going to be a busy old summer, isn't it? When you think we've practically played, you know, sort of two seasons back to back, um, and then we've got these competitions going on, everyone's just going to be exhausted, aren't they? Uh, but there you go. So that's all the news roundup this week. Quite a bit there that we've we've got through. Um, but lots going on, and um, yeah, good good to see some some good bits there. Okay, so we've had two back to back midweek games in a row. First one, let's have a quick uh, recap on the victory over Chelsea, one nil win at Stamford Bridge. Um, we won't go into too much detail on this because it's kind of very much been and gone now, isn't it? But yeah. Um, y- your thoughts on that game? Uh, a bit of a smash and grab, really. Yeah, that's very well put. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? I thought Emil Smith-Rowe was brilliant um, from start to finish. His work rate, even in the 90th minute, I think he was sprinting to chase back. Yeah. Um, he did well for his goal, good press, forces the mistake from Jorginho. And, um, yeah, it's good awareness from from the Arsenal players. I, I thought Aubameyang reacted well. Chelsea were stood around 
watching and uh and two in two for Emil Smith Rowe. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what, credit to Aubameyang because he's not had the most prolific season. It could have been the greedy striker in him to go for a shot, but he squared it and um yeah. and Smith Rowe scuffed it in. I did think, oh shit, you've missed the chance here. It looked like it was going to go wide because he hadn't got a clean clean cut uh, hit on it, but yeah, he did well with that. And that's a double over Chelsea, which is always nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's probably been a while, I guess, since that's uh, happened. Yeah, and and this is the thing. This is where we have to look at the progress that we are making because, you know, there were plenty of times under Wenger where we'd go gung-ho against the team and they'd out-attack us, if you like, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd, we'd try and beat them on the pitch and, you know, in the latter years, we we just weren't good enough. Whereas I think Arteta maybe thinks... I can't do that against Chelsea. I will get battered. And in fairness, we probably should have lost that game because they had the chances to win it. But we did ride our luck in that game. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if they don't take their chances, then when we get ours, we need to. Like the other way around, the media would just pan us for not taking our chances. So, yeah. 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 Sometimes you have to grind out out a result. And uh, we have got a team that can do that now. And, and like you said, going to places like that and getting hammered 6-0, it's, it's embarrassing for the club yeah. and hard for the players to take. I think it's not the best to watch, you know, but every now and then I don't mind it as long as we get the three points. Yeah, precisely. And and, and that's the thing, isn't it? That's what counts. Um, performances don't really mean shit. They don't get you up the table. Points get you up the table and you know we can't all be man city so we have to do the best we can to you know survive in this premier league we 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 said earlier the first half of this season screwed us up so badly the second half of the season which i'll come on to in a bit once we talk about the palace game but second half of the season has been completely different so we are we are moving in the right direction but always nice to be a, a you know a local rival and Good to get one over on Chelsea again. Yeah, and Arteta has, has taken some stick and, and possibly rightly so for, for certain performances and, and some of the decisions and team selections. But you can't deny that against the, the bigger clubs, the big six, we, we've got some results where we couldn't buy one for, for quite a long time. Yeah. Especially going back to under under Arsene Wenger, one sticks. The last everyone used to talk about the the two nil win against Man City was yeah the catalyst. Yeah, and and it never kicked on after that, did it? It was just once in a blue moon, and he's managed to do it against Liverpool, against Spurs, against United, against Chelsea. He's done it all. Yeah. I was just trying to find, funnily enough, um, which uh, which of the big six clubs it is he's, he's beaten. But I think he's actually beaten all of them, hasn't he? And some of them more than once. Got a good yeah. record over United and, um, you know, likewise with some of the others. So we'll, we'll, we'll get on to all of that in a moment. But the, the actual victory over Chelsea was good. So I, I, honestly, I, I honestly turned up to that game, or turned the TV on to watch that game, rather, um, thinking... I'm just accepting that we're probably going to lose this. I just felt like that's where we are as a team at the moment. Um, and so to to actually walk away with a victory, no matter how 
as you say, smash and grab it was. Don't care. That was brilliant. So happy. I was so happy. Um, so, yeah, great result. Then we played last night uh, against Crystal Palace. Yep. Do you want to talk through that? I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail in this one. You've got the lineup from that game. I have. So, Leno in goal. Chambers mm-hmm. at right back. Kieran Tierney back in the team at left back. Good to see. Rob Holding and Gabriel, uh, centre back pairing, uh, which seems likely that they'll be in the next game as well. It seems to be Arteta's choice flavour of the month, centre back pairing. Um, moving into midfield, Moa Nani uh, alongside Thomas Party, Emil Smith Rowe um, in the number 10 spot. Saka on the left, I think, and Pepe on the right, yeah. and Aubameyang up top. Yeah. Um, thoughts. Okay, here's my thoughts starting at the back. Kieran Tierney, I mean, you just notice a difference in our team when he plays. Simple as that. Um, his attitude, you know, the, the Palace fans are trying to, like, intimidate him. Are you having a laugh? I mean, he played Celtic Rangers at, what, 19, 20 years old. I'm sure yeah. he can handle 10,000 Crystal Palace fans. Um, yeah, I love that guy. Brilliant player. Um, Callum Chambers on the other side. I've been really, really impressed with him and his performances since he's kind of come back into the, the team. Brilliant cross of the ball. Uh, you know, really good cross of the ball. But do I think he'll be our number one right back next season? Not sure if you know if Bellerin leaves. Yes, okay, more chance if Cedric potentially leaves because there's rumours of that. Again, increases the chances, but we're going to buy, aren't we? So I think a right back is definitely going to be on the on the list of players that we get. And is he going to be number one? I think he could do it, but I don't know if he's, as I said before, about Bellerin at that level where you're going to be pushing for titles if he's starting every week. Um, and then in the middle, I really like Gabriel. I, some people prefer Mari. I like Gabriel's aggressiveness. I thought he dealt with um, uh, Benteke really well. Um, and him and Rob Holden do seem to have a, quite a good understanding with each other. Um, but again, what's our centre-back pairing going to be next season? William Saliba coming back? Is he going to sort of go straight into the fold or is he is he going to be sort of second fiddle to Rob Holding? Um, so at the back, yeah, uh, you know, quite quite content with some of those. Um, interesting. What's your take on this? Mohamed El Neni has started quite a few games recently in, instead of Xhaka. Game time? Is it his energy? Uh, is he seen as a long term partner for for Thomas Party? Because actually, I thought he had a pretty good game to be honest. Yeah, again, he, he was quite energetic versus Chelsea. He continued that against Palace. I mean, he doesn't doesn't blow your mind, does he? It, it's all sideways. It's all five yards. It's, sometimes it's well, a lot of the time it's backwards as well. Yeah. Um, Maybe not so much him starting. What do you make of Xhaka not starting? Well, rumours are floating around that he could be on his way out. Yeah, back to Mönchengladbach. Again, another player that divides opinion. Someone that 
could well be worth cashing in for before it's too late. Nature's run its course again, I think, with this one. Um, I, I'm, I wouldn't be disappointed if he left, if to be honest. But investment is going to be crucial in that area of the pitch if he does. Yeah, big time. I'm with you. I'm not too fussed if he leaves, depending on who we bring in to replace him. If we let him go and, with respect, El Nenny is his re- replacement, waste of time. <laughs> you know, there's much of a muchness in terms of output. The only thing I will say about uh, Xhaka is you notice the balance when he's not there. You know, he's not the quickest, um, but he is a good passer of the ball, generally speaking, although he's had a few odd moments this, this season, hasn't he? I think, was it one against Burnley? They tried to play it out from left back and was intercepted and they scored. I can't remember. But um, yeah, generally speaking, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if he left. To me, he's not got the legs to be mobile enough in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, just my opinion. And you're right, is now the time to cash in on him. So uh, yeah, strange one there. Um, and that was it, really, I think, in terms of sort of key, key, you know, Things I picked up on in terms of the the lineup. You anything major in there that you were like, what the hell is that? <laughs> no, not really. The only thing that did sort of catch my eye was Saka on the left, Pepe on the right. Mm. Saka's played plays ninety percent of games on the right. He's made that his own. Um, Pepe. Up against um, Mitchell, is it? At Palace's left back. He, he he looked like he was struggling at first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he looked like he had like been picked out of school. <laughs> you know, to, he's such a young looking uh, young guy, isn't he? Yeah, so, someone we've been linked with as a backup to Kieran Tierney, but mm. I think maybe we'll be outpriced by that one. Um. But yeah, Saka, whether he's on the right or the left, I mean, the guy just oozes talent. He he links up with whoever he needs to link up with. He produces. He's got a great, great relationship with Kieran Tierney, which showed for the first goal. Um, yeah, it was a nice goal. Yeah, let's talk about that first goal then, yeah. shall we? Um, you want to run through it? Yeah, Mo Elneny was doing Mo Elneny sideways backwards. It finds its way to Saka, I think. Uh, Saka to KT, KT to Saka, Saka to KT. And then Kieran Tierney crosses beautifully for Pepe, who, who arrived in, in the box. And it was a tidy finish and a nice, nice team goal, I thought. It was. It was a very, very good team goal. I love the tenacity of Saka and... KT to um, make something of that possession in a tight spot. And actually, it was a lovely back heel, wasn't it? From um, was it from Saka to KT and KT put the cross and didn't he? Yeah, it was it was lovely, um, lovely link up between those two. Um, and I was really really pleased to see Pepe score, you know, another goal. He's in good form at the moment, isn't he? He is. Yeah, we spoke about him last week, and and he's continuing it. He's just going from strength to strength at the minute. Mm. I think 
Arteta is starting to to get the best out of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, people have started to realise that he has started to embrace what it means to be a winger in the Premier League. And in Arteta's team, you've got to trap back. You've got to do more defensive work. You can't just, you know, chill out on the wing and wait for the ball to come and then do what you always do. It's, it's You've got to get involved. So I think players like him, you know, they're, if they're not buying in in the first half of the season and you've got a couple of those, then of course you're not going to get results. If come the second half of the season, they're like, do you know what? I get it now. I know what I need to do. There's no coincidence that we've, we've performed better then, is it? So really good goal um, by everybody involved. And as you say, it was a good team goal. So um, that, that was great. Um, of course, it wouldn't be Arsenal if there wasn't a bit of controversy. Um there was a there was a VAR incident, wasn't there, between uh, Benteke and El Nene, a bit of a coming together, and um, Benteke sort of strikes out, doesn't he, with his forearm at El Nene's face. Mm. Both players had been given a yellow card at the time, but VAR reviewed it, and yet still deemed it a not red card offence. Did you see that? Did you see the? I did see it. Yeah, I've watched it quite a few times, and I'm. I'm still not. I'm not convinced he was being malicious. It, it looked like he was trying to shake him off, but also like he knew what he was doing mm. and was happy to catch him with that elbow. Um, you know the phrase yeah, I've seen him given for less. <laughs> you know that phrase I've seen him given for less, as in I've seen a penalty given for less than that. I've seen a red card given for less than that. Well, I have. Yeah, I've seen Shaka get a red for less than that. Yeah. Um, so what, in your opinion, should it have been a red card or not? It's one of those ones. I think I think he's lucky to not get one, but also, you know, is it that bad, really? Yeah, yeah. I always think back to, I, I mean, this is going back a long time, long, long time, but Arsenal Man United... And Patrick Vieira was on the floor and he kicked out at, it might have been Nistelrooy, I think, but he didn't yeah. touch him. He absolutely yeah. didn't touch him. It was just his intent. He kicked his leg out, got a red card. And you think, well, he didn't actually touch the player. I know this is like many, many moons ago now. I'm just referring back to the fact that he got red and he didn't even touch the player. This guy's actually, you know, just, you know, hit someone in the face, if you like, with his forearm. I mean, look at when Pepe got sent off for the... Uh, Head to head against. Um, well, yeah, I mean, oh mate, if you leave, then yeah, it is a red because there's contact. It's intent. the motion is there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the reason we're talking I'll about take it, so it back, much, I said, sorry. Yes, yeah, all right, that's all right. Def- definitely a red. There you go, out of boy. Um, I think the reason we're, we're talking about it so much is because one, it's another VAR incident that's gone against us. You know, you, you go down to ten men and there's full advantage when you want to look to, to really sort of go for it. And number two, of course, Benteke scores against Arsenal. And if he sent off, that wouldn't happen. So yeah. um, any, any sort of comments on their goal? Well, again, it's one I've watched a few times and I can't work out what, what's going on there. The, the two Arsenal players that fall over or, or what? Were, were they fouled or... I think Benteke pulls... Was it El Nenny? I think he might pull El Nenny down to get an advantage ahead of him. Um, 
he doesn't look like he's in sort of fall over territory, you know? Yeah. I think Gabriel's the second player that goes down. Does he go down too easy or, or is there a tug there? You know, I, I struggle to see it. Uh, I guess, I don't know if you had a better view of it. I mean, did you think it was, uh, it was legit or? Uh, put it this way. If, if it had gone against us, as in we'd scored a header like that and they'd have chalked it off, I'd have been disappointed. Yeah. But equally, yeah. I, I could understand why they would have done that if they did it. Because to me, it did look like a foul. It looked like he blatantly pulled down a player to get ahead. Um, so it is what it is. Look, he scored. Everyone's pissed off. VAR checked it. They didn't think much of it. Shock. So, um, you know, so be it. Um, so there we go. 1-1. One, one. Um and then we have an amazing last few minutes. I mean, prior to that, I guess we could argue that I think we controlled the game really from start to finish, don't you? Sorry? I said I think that we controlled the game from start to finish. Uh, well, first half, yes. Yeah. Second half, I thought we were pretty shit, to put it kindly. Um, I, I didn't think we did at all, really. We we might have had a bit of possession passing it about yeah. and stuff, but yeah. we did nothing with it. The first shot in the second half was at the 90th minute, and it was a goal. Yeah. Um, you want to talk us through through that? I, I I was watching the game and I was getting really frustrated about how 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 on earth is there not a player on the pitch in this Arsenal team that can't pick a pass out that no one else can see? Yeah. And then he went and done that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Maybe we, I'm looking at this with rose-tinted glasses just in the, uh, on, on the high of us winning the game. I think we control possession throughout the game, but when we lost possession, they actually created, didn't they? You know, Leno had to make some good saves. He um, you know, he was down at the feet of Zaha, who's always a, a constant sort of thorn in our side. Um, so you're right, we, we control possession, but we did nothing with it. They didn't have a lot of possession, yet they seem to be able to create chances. So to your point, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. There was some lovely play down the right-hand side between, uh, I think it was Pepe and Chambers, and they were kind of just dilly-dally passing it to each other and not really going anywhere. Mm. Um, but then, as you say... Odegaard comes on because he was a sub, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Odegaard comes on and brilliant pass. It, almost very, very, I hate to say very Ozil-esque, it. but it kind of was, wasn't it? You know, yeah, that, it was, yeah. yeah um, reminiscent of when Ozil picked out um, Monreal against Swansea, it may have been, back post. Um, you know, similar sort of vision, similar sort of goal, it, although... Martinelli running in at the back kind of got a touch on it, which took it above the keeper and the defender. I don't know whether that was on purpose or not. Um, and then obviously kind of rounded them and tapped it in. And so pleased for for Martinelli because he's such a player that's you can see he's desperate to play. He's full of energy. Yeah. He does everything that you want him to do. Kind of plays with his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? Um, maybe there's too much closing down. Do you know what I mean by that? Like he'll run and run and run. And it's like Dude, save some energy. You know, you don't have to chase every single player yeah. down. It's it's knowing which lines to 
to try and block for interceptions and stuff. But really pleased, really, really pleased for him. Um, pleased for Martin Odegaard as well, because people have been really mixed about him. Like, oh, he hasn't really done what he, I thought he would do. I think he's done well in a struggle inside, personally. Um, I, yeah, I, I think he took his time to get going and then he looked pretty good for a few games, got injured, again, taking a little bit of time to get back. But there is a player in there. Whether there's an Arsenal player there, I'm not sure. Mm. But. I think if Emil Smith-Rowe hadn't emerged as such a great player the second half of the season, Odegaard may well have played more and had more opportunity to be more influential on the pitch as the number 10. Um but I think he's almost played second fiddle to Emil Smith-Rowe to some degree, isn't he? Yeah. Um, if he was available on another loan, would you be open to that? Yeah, a loan deal would be quite smart. Maybe if we can spend money in other areas. That yeah. We need to. If he was available at a good price to buy? Well, Arteta likes him. I don't know. A good price. What's a good price, Angelo? Uh, let's say 30 million. I mean, if you're selling. Willock? Yeah. For that amount of money or 25, and you can get him for. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But what's the alternative? People are saying sort of Jack Grealish, where he's going to be 80 million plus. Yeah, it's not that I don't like Jack Grealish, but I just can't see us doing that sort of business. Value, yeah. This summer, yeah, it's, it seems a bit out of reach. Yeah. There are other names out there. Hassem Awa, we were linked with before. We could go back for him. Apparently, he's going to be a lot cheaper this time. Um, so that could be interesting. Maybe Wendy has been linked as well. Wendy, Although he does tend to play more right wing, I think, than attacking mid. But I guess that's the thing. Now we've got Emil Smith-Rowe. Are we as desperate as we thought we were? You know, we've uncovered this gem that we, we always knew we had, but he's kind of fulfilling that potential, isn't he? So, Yeah, I don't I don't think we are, as like you say, as desperate. But I think there's room for another yeah. type of number 10 in there. I think Emil Smith-Rowe is someone who... His he's, he's game's based on movement. Mm-hmm. He gets in and around, he links play, he passes and moves. But also we need someone that that can just see something out of nothing or do something out of nothing. And yeah, that that that's that would be the kind of guy that I, I would want us to, to bring in. Yeah. I feel Odegaard is a little bit like that, but maybe doesn't sure. do it enough. Still not enough. You, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I feel like maybe you're thinking we need someone with this, with the street brain, if you like, of like a, there are say a Sami Nasri or a Alex Hleb, you know, where they can just find a little pass in in tight areas. A, a Fabregas, I mean, you know, it's like rocking or shit, of course, but um, I don't know, someone like that is that kind of the the ilk of former Arsenal player? Maybe you're thinking. Yeah. Recent times. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Ozil that actually does a bit more, maybe. Yeah. You know. Um, 
but and, and I'll come on to it in just a second. But we have to remember kind of where we are in football pyramid at the moment, and are those sort of players available for us if we want them anyway? Um, or always we're the Arsenal. Well, this is it. This is it. I mean, how long we can kind of live off that for? I'm not sure, but um, yeah, so, Arsene, look, look. Arsene Wenger used to get questioned all the time when we weren't doing so well and he, he said my my phone doesn't stop ringing with players wanting to come to this club mm. so but I don't think that, yeah. we were playing Champions League football year in year out then even if we weren't winning trophies and I think that is the difference to some degree um, hey look time will tell we're, we're, we're going to start looking at transfers soon enough so time will certainly tell Um but look, back to the game. That was a good goal. And then goal of the game for me to follow it up. Uh, talk to me about that one, Diddley. Lovely jinking run uh, from Pepe from the right-hand side. He cuts into the area, goes past one, two. Is it three? I think three and even, yeah. It's becoming a bit of a trademark. Um, goal. Love to see it every week, really, if we mm. could. So yeah, Nicolas Pepe again with a with a lovely goal. Yeah, almost feels we didn't pay enough for him. <laughs> that was a joke, listeners. Um, yeah, we said before. I think he's really finding his form in the Premier League now, and I think I, I just feel like something's changed in his brain where he's realised this is how physical it is. This is how direct you have to be. This is how much defensive work you also have to do. Go and do it. He's always had the skill he's always had the brain he's had everything it's just not had the application has he? he's not had the desire to want to do it um and i feel like he's mixing his game up a bit he's not so obvious in what he's doing because last night you know when you're on the right hand side you know many left footed wingers on the right hand side those want to come back onto the left and, and shoot don't they into the corner that he did ironically and they always going to stop and cross back in that side but last night he used his right foot to put some crosses in uh, at the byline quite quite a few times, actually. So maybe that's something Arteta's kind of getting into him. You can't be too predictable. Try something different. Because, like you say, he had that left back on toast. Yeah. And if 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 he wants to get to another level, he's, there are things he needs to work on in training, mm. either by himself after everyone's gone. That's down to him, really. But yeah. but yeah, that is something that's quite easy to to add to your game. Just keep practicing with, with your weaker foot, and, and it will get better. Yeah, it's not something I ever did. My, my right foot's awful. <laughs> my, someone someone once said to me, "Is it was just for standing on, or do you ever use it?" <laughs> I've been yeah. sussed. I've been sussed. Um, so you look really good performance by Pepe and. Um, you know, Arsenal had a, a really good sort of result in the end. So much so that that was Arsenal's uh, Arsenal's waveform was better than in any of the last five seasons, believe it or not. So we're having crisis season of all crisis seasons. Um, and yet this is the, you know, best, uh, best sort of run of away results than in the last five, which is crazy. And also, uh, Arsenal have won four consecutive Premier League games for the first time under Mikel Arteta. Progress. Yeah. 
But it's all too little, too late for this season. Really. For this season, 100%. And that's why I said before, I think, you know, the first half of the season screwed us up. But once some players have kind of woken up and switched on. I mean, what did you make of Arteta's comments? He made some comments last week, didn't he? About, um, was it something along the lines of some some players haven't given their all this season, basically. And that's why we're in the predicament that we're in. It was worse than yeah, that. He was quite upset that he was misquoted um, at that. I don't know if you've listened back to I have it. seen the press conference, yeah. So he gets asked two questions, <clears throat> one after the other, and he answers the first one, but it sounds like he's answered the second one, basically, in layman's terms. And, and Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he was so bothered about it. Um, I think he felt they were trying to shit stir, for yeah. a better word. Um, and as you say, misquoting. Do you think he's rattled a little bit by the media and some of the questions mm. regarding his future, etc.? No, I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I assume, as a manager, whether you've got the backing of your your owners or not. And, um, you know, everything coming out of the media outlets would suggest actually he's going to stay and, you know, they're they're buying into him and and the project. I mean, as I said before, I can see the progress we're making, even if it's not necessarily enjoyable to watch at times, you know, we're winning games again. Um, And we've we've used these sort of stats before, but the Premier League um, sort of turned for Arsenal, didn't it? That, That win at Chelsea around Christmas time. Um, so points per game in the Premier League since Christmas, Man City first, 2.5 points per game since Christmas. Arsenal second, 1.91 games, uh, sorry, points per game since Christmas. Uh, and behind us, Man United, Chelsea, West Ham, Leeds, blah, blah, blah. So those sort of numbers aren't made up. Those sort of numbers you can't, you know, just throw out there. Uh, like plicked them out of the sky. They're fact. You know, the Premier League is it shows that. So we're making progress, and that's why I'm keen for. I'm so like I said at the beginning of this show, so pleased that it's going to be over soon, much like you, and almost can't wait for it to start again next season with uh, a clean slate because I think we're going to be in a much better place than than we have been this season, if I'm honest. Which was oh. full of hope on the back of an FA Cup winning season, wasn't it? It was, but it, looking at the squad at, at that point in time, there were, it was so unbalanced and there were a lot of players that we we had to get out of the club. We've done a lot of that work now. Yeah. Uh, there's still a few more, but yeah, I think by the end of the summer, it'll be a lot closer to, to what he wants as a squad and then he'll have no excuses. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's, as you say, it's, it's all him, isn't it, from there? Um. Uh, right. What was I going to say? Oh, that's right. I was looking at a stat, but I've already read it, so that's fine. All right. So that's that. Good result. And as you said, what does it do? Put us up to ninth. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So this is the predicament we've got. Last game of the season, home game against Brighton. Some fans are going to be there, which is fantastic. Um, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one because uh, between Spurs who are on 59 points in seventh uh, and us who uh, as I say are ninth 
in 58 points. Uh, it's like you know, super tight, as you can see there, one one point difference, but goal difference sort of separating everybody. Um, the Europa League looks like it's possibly out of sight now, or probably is definitely out of sight now. So it's it's uh, almost the, the trap door. I'm waffling here. Let's get to it. Uh, the Europa Conference League. Uh, I think we may have spoken about this very briefly before, but the Europa Conference League is basically the third tier of European football. So you've got the Champions League, you've got the Europa League, and then you've got the Europa Conference League. Played at the same time as the Europa League, so so uh, Thursdays, 5.30, I think it is, an 8 o'clock kickoff, something like that. Um, but essentially, the, the Europa Conference League is primarily meant for, um, I guess, mid to lower league teams that don't get much experience in Europe. It's an opportunity for them to have some European football um, and win a third-rate trophy, let's call it what it is. Um, The seventh-placed Premier League team will qualify for the Europa Conference. So say Spurs are seventh on 59 points. Then there's West Ham on 62 points. We're above them, but they could drop down to seventh if they lose the final game they have against Southampton and Spurs beat Leicester. Then there's Everton that are, uh, are in the mix who are a point ahead of us. And of course, as I say, us who are on 58 points. Lots of if, buts, maybes. Um, what's your thoughts? If we're not going to make the Europa League, uh, and we're certainly not going to make the Champions League, clearly, do you want to be in Europe regardless of which level of Europe it is? Or would you rather not get into the Europa Conference League? Uh I'd rather not. I just don't think I can put myself through it. Yeah. You know? I'm glad you said that because I'm the same. Um, but having said that, to finish above Spurs and then not be in Europe would be also funny. But hmm, looking at those fixtures as well, we've got the easiest one. Yeah, on paper. It does happen. I know. Uh, And the problem is, for me, I don't want us to... I I never want us to lose a game. Never, ever, ever. So um, if we could draw, that would be handy because then Spurs (laughs) would have a better goal difference than us and uh, they'd they'd go into it. I I don't want us to go into it because it is third rate. I'd rather be out of Europe altogether, as I said before, and focus on the domestic league either premier league or the fa and or the fa cup make those our sole priorities there's no midweek football to to worry about there's no flying to you know the back ass end of russia or somewhere to play a game on thursday to then get back to play a game on sunday it's just pointless you know even if you win the the in my view even if you win the europa conference league i don't know something just wrong about it isn't it for a team like arsenal to be doing that well, yeah, the, the name just smacks mediocrity. It smacks. Let's get some sponsors and make some money off yeah. crap uh, teams. I, I just don't get what we would gain from being in it other than maybe a chance to play some youngsters because mm. I, don't, I don't think we need to be flying a Bamiyang and Thomas Party out to, to these places. Yeah. Do you? Uh, and I mean this with the greatest of respect, but if you think in the Europa League this season, we played, you know, Dundalk and uh, who, did, who else did we ask? 
Who was Mulder. it? Mulder, yeah. And was it Rapid Vienna? I think it was as well. Probably a bit more established in Europe as a name. But do you know what I mean? Some, and this is the Europa League. We're, we're going to some of the smaller uh, clubs and, and uh, far-end countries. Yeah. What on earth is going to be in the conference? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm all for playing for a draw uh, at, at the weekend if we can, just to avoid it. Um, I don't even care if we, we finish below Spurs, you know, which Fair enough, yeah. Which I, I hate saying as an Arsenal fan, but you have to think longer term than just, well, you know, St. Totteringham's day. Yes, but what have we got out of it? We're both shit. I mean, if, if there's a situation where we can finish above Spurs and still not get in that competition. Well, that would be ideal, yeah. That would be ideal. Which I think means Everton have to win. They have to beat Man City on Sunday. (laughs) Uh, They have to beat Man City on Sunday. We have to draw against Brighton, uh, and Spurs need to lose, I think. Uh, Actually saying that, no. Even if we draw and Spurs lose, we'll be on 59 points each, but I think they've got a better goal difference than us. So it's win or bust, really, in that respect. I think. So, okay, well, look, I just wanted to cover that because that that is a realistic um, possibility. And let's be honest, the Brighton game in itself doesn't really count for anything major for us this season. Um, So, What do you you think? Fans back in the stadium, is he going to put out full strength? Yeah, it's the last game of the season, isn't it? For the fans. Um, That almost adds to the pressure, though, doesn't it? You know, full squad, the fans are there. Let's win this one. Oh, shit, we're in the Europa Conference. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. Um, How do you so, think Arsenal fans luck, lucky enough <laughs> or unlucky enough to be going? Um, I'm not one of them, but how do you think they'll react to the, this team when it comes out? Do you think they'll just be... Glad, glad to be back, happy. Oh yeah, totally. be, uh, a lot of. I, I don't think there'll be. I don't. No, I don't think there'll be any animosity whatsoever, regardless of who starts, uh, or even maybe performance. I think it's just going to be. Oh, we're back in our home. We can see our team, um, and I, I don't think fans should read too much into whatever happens this weekend because it's going to be different. Come the beginning of next season in terms of, like you say, players out, players in uh, and renewed focus for a new start in a league where hopefully we can start to make a bit of progress. Um, So, yeah, we've had uh, one listener question come in. Apologies for the short notice asking for those. Uh, So this one's from Shamil Smith Rowe, (laughs) uh, who's at Dope Guna. I love this guy. I'm sure he has, he keeps uh, changing his he does. name. He does. We've got a lot of time for your creativity. Uh, he says, it's or she. We never know if it's a he or a she. Uh, it seems most of the fan base want Martinelli to be in Arsenal's starting eleven. Given the fact we also have Saka, Pepe and Smith-Rowe in the team, do you think Martinelli should start over any of those players? That is a good question. This is something I was thinking earlier. How do you fit everyone in yet still want to make changes to the the team it's it's a nice problem to have isn't it um we are blessed around that area of the pitch i think um they're all at a good age as well uh 
their futures are, are at Arsenal. Based on current form, I think for me, the answer would be no. He doesn't start ahead of those guys. I appreciate Martinelli came on and scored, but I still think he's better as an impact player at the moment. Um, I'm sure at some point he will earn his place, but like you said, it's so difficult to to choose between those those guys. So with that being said, do you think he may next season start up front more than as a winger? I think there's pressure on Aubameyang to actually perform a bit better next season. And if he doesn't, I think Arteta will drop him more. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we do in the market again, I think, to, to, to answer that question. Whether we sell a striker or maybe two then yet yeah, there's a place there potentially for him, but it also could depend on who we bring in, couldn't it? So yeah. he's, he's in the discussion. That's the important thing. He's, he's only 19 years of age, maybe 20 now. To be in and around the Arsenal first team at that age, uh, I think it's, it's still a big deal. I don't think people understand how big a deal it is. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, what were you doing at that age? Forget football. Mm. You know, they're all still kids, really, at that age. So you're absolutely right. And you know what? Everyone says he's so humble. He always wants to work. And he has a fantastic attitude. And he keeps saying that. I think in the interview last night, he said, you know, I keep saying I'm I'm ready for whenever Mikel wants me to, to play. Yeah, he's not sulking. that He's not starting every game, yeah. is he? So that's... I love him. I love his <laughs> attitude. If he was to start, I would not have an issue with it. Yeah. The only issue I have with him is um, I think his mum's Brazilian and his dad's Italian or the other way around and he choked right. Brazilian, really. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that. To see him in the Azzurri Blue. Yeah, you? exactly. He's, 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 he's certainly been kicked to the, uh, the Brazilian yellow. So you can't have it all. You can't have it all. Um, did he anything to add? Uh, otherwise, we could let's wrap it up there, I think. Uh, no, I don't think so. We've covered everything. Uh, last game of the season. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you on the flip side. You shall Thanks indeed. for your support. If you can, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Most grateful. Thanks. Stay safe. Yeah, uh, and what Diddy said, I agree. So uh, we will speak to you next week for our penultimate episode in this season. And, uh, yeah, until then, come on, you Gunners. Get us a nice draw at the weekend. (laughs) We'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. from the Arsenal.